From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled Weapons Doomed to Fail. The text is Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. There is a great clatter in the forges and smithies of the enemy. They are making weapons wherewith to smite the saints. They could not even do as much as this if the Lord of saints did not allow them. For he has created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire. But see how busily they labor, how many swords and spears they fashion. It matters nothing. For on the blade of every weapon you may read this inscription, It shall not prosper. But now listen to another noise. It is the strife of tongues. Tongues are more terrible instruments than can be made with hammers and anvils, and the evil which they inflict cuts deeper and spreads wider. What will become of us now? Slander, falsehood, insinuation, ridicule, these are poisoned arrows. How can we meet them? The Lord God promises us that, if we cannot silence them, we shall at least escape from being ruined by them. They condemn us for the moment, but we shall condemn them at last and forever. The mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped, and their falsehoods shall be turned to the honor of those good men who suffered by them.
18th chapter of Luke's Gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ presented a parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. If ever there was a time when believers in the Lord Jesus Christ needed to pray, surely it is now. The moral condition of our land, the apparent powerlessness of our churches, cry out for God's people to seek the Lord earnestly for revival. To encourage true Christians in the urgent need to pray, let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer, free of charge, copies of a powerful message by Jonathan Edwards, one of the greatest Christian leaders and thinkers this country has ever produced. The title is typical of Edwards' time, a humble attempt to promote explicit agreement and visible union of God's people in extraordinary prayer for the revival of religion and advancement of Christ's kingdom on earth. Don't let the title put you off. This is a message for this hour. In a 20-page booklet form, Edward's sermon calls upon believers to unite in earnest prayer for God to come in reviving power upon His church. The great revivals of history have always come as the result of fervent prayer, sometimes on the part of just a few Christians who were burdened to seek God for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and revival power. That power is still available for those who will seriously seek it. 
To obtain your free copy of this message, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you wish, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may write to Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615, and ask for Edwards on Prayer. The address again is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Ask for the message Edwards on Prayer, and we'll be happy to send you a free copy. As Dr. Cairns continues these studies in the life and earthly ministry of Christ, he continues with the theme, The Unknown Christ Revealing Himself at an Unnamed Feast. John chapter 5 contains the account of Christ healing an impotent man at the pool of Bethesda. In the course of the message, Dr. Cairns will show how this man is a picture of every sinner. No one cared for him enough to help him toward the hoped-for cure— Jesus said to him, Do you want to be made whole? The essence of the question was really, Are you willing to be healed on my terms? Here is the choice that faces every sinner confronted with the gospel. Are you willing to be saved on God's terms? 
There is no bargaining with God. As the Reformers declared, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now here is Dr. Cairns to continue this message, the unknown Christ revealing himself at an unnamed feast. Some of the modernists used to come to this passage and they would try to explain it as uh, some great mineral spring that every now and again would have a, a sudden gush of some mineral content. I mean, let's, if you're going to tell fairy tales, at least read Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, that, that is so absolutely stupid that I wonder that scholars would ever dare to insult their own intelligence, never mind attack the Word of God like that. There's not a spot on earth in the history of the world. There's no mineral concoction ever known to man in whatever concentration. There never has been, never will be such a concoction of minerals that could erupt in water and that no matter what you had, be it cancer or paralysis or psoriasis or just trouble with your mother-in-law, you jump in and it's healed. Such a thing has never been known. To try and make this a natural phenomenon is ludicrous. No, God tells us the real reason that he sent and did it by the disposition of angels. And that shouldn't particularly perturb a Bible believer. I'm not going into the ministry of angels, but if you read your New Testament, uh, they are not, uh, they're invisible to the eye, at least for the most part, but... uh, They're certainly not inactive. There's a ministry of angels at the birth of Christ. There's a ministry of angels even in connection with the birth of John the Baptist. And the Jews had a lot more sense than some of our so-called Christian commentators because when Zacharias came out and was dumb after being in the temple and having met with the angel, without him being able to say a word about it, without any word of testimony, they looked at him and they were able to say, he has seen an angel. So they were obviously not completely ignorant of the ministry of angels. So here was an angel. The result of the ministry was that the first into the water was healed. Some people like to spiritualize this. This will show you what you can do with spiritualizing. Mind you, I don't think the what the passage says but uh, there's some nice devotional thoughts they say this is a picture of Israel they had the Old Testament there was a little good there was sporadic blessing I don't really think that's what the passage is saying but certainly the truth is that when Christ came there was immediate blessing And what fullness of blessing. Jesus comes to this man and uh, he finds him as he finds every sinner. Powerless. Friendless. Can you think of what it was for this man to be in this physical condition, to be sitting there? To be quite honest, all I can conclude is that he was there hoping that somebody would look on him, take pity on him, and that he would have the chance that some stranger would come and put him in when the waters were troubled. But he had nobody to do it. Either a paralytic or a disabled man, 
and not a person close enough, friendly enough, devoted enough, caring enough, even to be there with him, to give him a chance. Powerless, friendless, helpless, and really hopeless. You would get the impression that he had seen others healed. For he had tried to come and says, when I'm coming, somebody else is there before me. What a hopeless state. And then comes the Lord Jesus. And he says to him, wilt thou be made whole? I think that loses... It's a very good translation, but it loses a little of the force. Are you willing to be made whole? Have you the will to be made whole? Have you the desire to be made whole? Are you really desiring to be made whole? That was the question. And he immediately healed him with a word. And then not only healed him, but went on to deal with the root cause of his problem, which was sin, and say, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Wilt thou be made whole? What a question. At first it seems a very strange question. Does it not? Not knowing who this was, you really feel you could have excused this poor man if he had turned around and said, why on earth do you think that I'm here? Do you want to be made whole? Why would I be here if I didn't want to be made whole? But that would have missed the force of the question entirely. You see, though he didn't recognize it, standing before him was the real healer, the one who had commissioned the angel to come and stir the waters. No angel had power to give healing. Anything an angel would do would be because of the power communicated to him by this very one who was speaking to the man. Now, though the man didn't know any of that at the time, yet he was in the presence of the real source of all healing and of all being made whole and of every mercy and of every goodness. And it is this one who is saying, do you want to be whole? So interested so sincerely desirous that you are willing to be made whole on my terms. Now remember, we're not going to get into this at the moment. Remember this was the Sabbath day. The terms that Christ was, would lay down. Maybe I'd be better to say the situation into which Christ introduced him. Involved immediate conflict. Rejection by the Jews, condemnation by the Jewish leaders. And though there is no evidence at this point that they were willing to be so vicious as they were in John chapter 9 with the blind man whom Jesus healed, nonetheless it involved 
the danger that they would visit him with the very persecution that they wanted to visit upon Christ. This is the question then. And you know, the more I look at that, the more that's the question with which the Lord Jesus approaches every one of us. Whether the healing or the being made whole is from sin unto salvation, or whether it is a Christian that the Lord Jesus is coming to, and we have been praying and saying, Lord, do this, do that. Do you want this on my terms? That's the question. Are you willing to have this blessing on the ground on which I give it? That's the question. The question that the Lord Jesus answered or asked in the man certainly answered in his reception. As we go down this chapter, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, Jesus was able to say to the Jews, you will not come to me. Exactly the same verb. It's not a future you're not going to come. You do not have the will. You are not willing. I don't think that it's coincidence that the beginning of the chapter starts with the question, are you willing? And when you get to verse 40, he's condemning the Jews. You are not willing. Now, the Jews wanted a Messiah. The Jews wanted God's forgiveness. The Jews, if I could use the words of the beginning of the chapter, wanted to be made whole. The Jews wanted the blessing. But they didn't want it on God's terms. This is the question. And here we are this morning, all these years later, facing the same question. Do you want your sins forgiven? Do you want to be made whole from the plague and the curse and the scourge of sin? You may answer, well, why do you think I'm here? Why otherwise would I be in church? Why would I read the Bible? Why would I say prayers? Why would I do this? Why? Okay. But do you really want it on God's terms? I've quoted many a time the definition of faith given a long time ago by the Scottish theologian Thomas Halliburton when he defines saving faith as a hearty acceptance of God's way of saving sinners. A hearty acceptance of God's way of saving sinners. Are you willing to have God and his grace and his Christ on his terms? In this passage you will see in the action of Christ, you will see the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus, where he simply spoke. He didn't lay any conditions on the man. There's no profession of faith even on the part of this man. It's not to say he never came to faith, but the emphasis is on the utter sovereignty of Christ. And there is that aspect of salvation where he stands at a dead man's soul and he says, Live. But in the question, there is this suggested as well. 
that if you're going to be saved, you don't make deals with God. There is no dealing. There's one way. And when Jesus started his ministry with the great text, repent and believe the gospel, then that's the way. And that's the only way in which he's willing to save sinners. So the question reverberates to this day. Are you willing? Are you willing? There's another idea here. I believe, not because I can explain it, but because the Bible teaches it, in the absolute sovereignty of God. Do I believe in eternal predestination unto eternal life? Yes, I do. Why? Because the Bible teaches it. Do I believe in sovereign, unconditional election? Yes, I do. Because I can explain it? No, because the Bible teaches it. And whatever God says is so just because God says it. And if you have any argument with that, don't fight with me. Just go and fight with God. I'll tell you there's only one winner in that fight. I believe all that. But let me tell you, if you're not saved, because you're not willing to be saved. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. Music.